This is Relationship, a podcast presenting a gay look at traditional relationships and values with your hosts, the Cotellis. I am Marco. And I'm Tony. Howdy. Howdy, howdy, howdy. How's it going? Pretty darn well. How are you? I'm good. I'm doing well. I have a sinus headache. Yes, you do. That's a little bit of an issue, but (laughs) I'm awake. I'm alive. I'm breathing. Barely. Loudly, very loudly, whistlingly. It's, it's not even. It's not even my nose. It's just sinus pressure. Like I just have pressure in my head, so it's just not very much fun. But how goes it over there? No pressure over here. Mm. <laughs> Lucky Shucky Ducky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's uh, that's fun. I'm glad you're doing so well. Can you believe it's fall? I'm very excited that it's fall. It's like it's mid-September. Like it's getting ready to be October at this point. It's nuts. I love it. It's one of my favorite seasons. Yeah, I like fall. I like the clothing. I like the cooler weather. I like the way the city looks and feels and all of that. I'm a big fan of the cooler weather because I always run hot. (laughs) Yes, you do. So it's going to be fun to go back to storage and take out all of our winter clothes and start dressing warmly again i'm looking forward to it i'm excited about it it'll be a good time um we've got a wedding coming up we have first of two yes yeah my cousin is getting married to a wonderful man yeah he's excited oh stop (laughs) they're both delightful no i enjoy him a lot he's actually a very good guy yeah i'm very happy for her it's gonna be fun i always like weddings do you like weddings i don't like or dislike them they're an event um i don't know i you know for me it's i already know you and your love so this formality is um uh just that to me however this will be the first wedding i've gone to since our wedding so we'll see if i feel differently Mm. uh, as a result of that um but I know uh, my cousin, and I know her soon-to-be husband, and I love them both, and I love their love, and I like the way that they treat each other. And, you know, going to the wedding doesn't really do that much for me. No, no. Yeah. I don't dislike them, but no, I don't, I don't go crazy for weddings, no. I enjoy weddings because I like all of the, like, the activities, but I don't like weddings because of the drama. Like, weddings can be a very tense situation, especially, like, the behind-the-scenes aspect of it. Um, and so I don't like all that's, like, affiliated with that. Um, I think I've said it on here multiple times that I could have completely done without a wedding for us getting married but weddings are they're fun they're a good time but i'm always like okay that's over thank god (laughs) as long as there's an open bar and good music see and that's always the stressful thing is you don't know what the bride or groom's taste is going to be so you never know what music they're going to play at the wedding that's always see that's super stressful see now i'm thinking about it i'm like oh my god i'm gonna be stressed because i don't know why you would be stressed it's just music yeah, but I you can't just go dance to any music. Like some people will play like old um classic rock at their wedding. No one's going to get on a dance floor for a classic rock. Like that's just not how it happens. Some people have really really fun like 90s R&B throwback music and that's fun. That's a good time, but like you single out a group of people that didn't listen to that music. So it's kind of like this weird scenario where like 
you know, people like you got to figure out how much participation you're going to get and how you're going to get that participation. And the music is the only way to figure that out. That's why at our wedding, the very first round of music that play got played, I think it was like the first half hour worth of music was all of the line dance music. So we did like the Cupid shuffle. We did the electric slide. We did the, um, the wobbly wobble. Like we did all of that stuff because I wanted people to like, get it out of their system and have fun with that. Um, so then the rest of the wedding made for like fun time because I could throw on anything after that, but people were already up and dancing and having a good time. Makes sense. I think about a lot of this stuff. If you haven't noticed. Yes, I, I was there. I remember the planning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a lot. So like I said, I'm a teensy bit stressed out, not because I don't think that your cousin has good taste, but you just don't know what route the bride is going to go. Like you don't know what they're going to do or how they want their wedding. Cause every bride has their own taste and feeling and things like that. Oh, I can tell you how it's going to go. There's I mean, going to be a lot of Backstreet, Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys. I knew it. I was just going to say that. And don't get me wrong. Like, I like the Backstreet Boys for karaoke because I do a, quite a bit of Backstreet Boys karaoke. However, I don't know if I'm going to shake my booty to the Backstreet Boys. This yes, is, you are. You're going to support my cousin. You're going to shake your booty. I will support your cousin by being there. Doesn't mean I will be on the dance floor shaking my booty to Larger Than Life. <laughs> you don't even know that song. I do, too. Do you? I do. Sing it. No. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. I called you out. No, you didn't. <laughs> Any hoosies. What say you? We hop into our hashtag gay relationship goals for the week. I think that's a good idea. Awesome. As a reminder, every week, Tony and I will pick a wonderful queer couple and highlight them as our hashtag gay relationship goals. Our hope is to bring these relationships to the forefront and give a sense of positivity and perspective to the gay relationship narrative. If you and your partner are interested in becoming our hashtag gay relationship goals, or if there is a queer relationship that you admire and would like to bring to our attention, please reach out to us. Tag us on some of these adorable relationship couples photos on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Our handle is at pod relationship Tony and I will take a look at these photos and posts and could potentially highlight you and your partner on an episode of the podcast so this week my ovaries are exploding oh um I don't know what does that feel like <laughs> I, imaginary um no I just um I don't know we've been God damn, my Instagram feed is full of all of these adorable gay men that are together with each other and then have these adorable children. Conflabbit. Um, <laughs> Interesting that you would follow up GD with Conflabbit, but go on. I know, right? Um, no, it's just so much fun. And so this week we are focusing on a couple that um, are adorable within themselves, but then, of course, have the cute babies to go along with it mm-hmm. as if to, you know, twist the knife. <laughs> um, no, so we this week we're focusing on Dustin Patrick Smith um, on Instagram. He is at underscore, I'm sorry, at Dustin underscore Patrick underscore Smith. I think everyone can see why I was having a hard time with saying that um you can also follow his husband who is at bb buffalo with an e at the end so that's bbbuffaloe i guess i would be buff 
Aloe. I don't know what that is. Um, <laughs> but that's Dustin's husband, Burton Buffalo. Or Buff Aloe. I don't know what that is. Um, I fell in love with this couple because every friggin' picture in their Instagram pages is full of this adorable family and their adorable children. And their cuteness, their amazing cuteness. They're so cute. And so they are fathers to adorable twins. I, all the gays are getting all the twins. I just love it. <laughs> I just love it. It's like making my heart smile. Um, and they're just super, I mean, they're so involved with their family, right? They're just an involved parental unit. They are taking pictures and supporting and loving each one of the kids. And and then every once in a while, they have these little sprinklings of them and their relationship and how much they care about each other and the hand-holding and the hugging and the loving and the kissing and all of the things that are super special and, and important to a relationship. I think the one that got me the most was the when they're at the aquarium. That's the one I was just thinking about. And he has a child in each arm, and they're just staring in like awe and wonder as this school of fish like swoops in front of them. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time I went to an aquarium, and it just brought me back to that. And I was like, oh, that's what a great moment. It's just so cute. I mean, there's pool time pictures with the kids that are adorable, and you know, and then there's park pictures, and then there's bath time pictures with them, and you know, then there's beach time pictures with them, and and you know, and then there's um, they just recently went to you know how every city always has like that jumping trampoline, a like warehouse that you can go to where right. that kind of thing like that. So their recent thing is like them with the kids and all of the trampolines and stuff like that and jumping around and having a good time. And I was just like, this is like, they have so much fun. Mm-hmm. They just have such a good time and I just love it. And I think that they're amazing and they're adorable and they are for sure my hashtag gay relationship goals for the week. And I think they will be everybody else's if you take a look at them as well. <laughs> so, Follow the guys on Instagram. Uh, Dustin is at Dustin underscore Patrick underscore Smith. I got it right that time. <laughs> um, and then his husband, Burton Buff Aloe, is um, at B-B-B-U-F-F-A-L-O-E. I'm being funny. I'm pretty sure it's just buffalo but it's just a really cool name to a uh, cool way to spell buffalo because it puts the e at the end so it's a little bit more you know sassy um i really like it um follow them you guys i'm pretty sure you will fall in love with them because they are incredible and they look like such incredible fathers and um loving husbands to one another and they just genuinely care um and are just amazing they are definitely my goals it's a, they're very heartwarming, every single picture. I love it. So we are going to take a short break. And when we come back, we are going to try to solve the world's problems, Critelli style. Hello, friends. If you live in the New York City area and are looking for more relationship content, please join us for our monthly group meeting. Marco and I will discuss relationship topics with like-minded couples and singles within our community. Go to meetup.com and search for relationship to join. That's shit with an exclamation point, not an I. Monthly meeting dates and various social activities will be posted on the page. This group will give you an opportunity to be a part of a larger dialogue focusing on important relationship topics. It will also help you to connect and have fun with other people. 
So go to meetup.com and search for relationship to join. We look forward to seeing you at our next meeting. And now back to the show. All right, so we are very excited to have our guest here with us today. Um, I've been really looking forward to this for uh, as long as the idea started to come together. <laughs> um, so with us today is Chase Nelson. The singing um, scientist himself. The singing <laughs> scientist. Yes, Chase, welcome. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm just, I've been looking forward to this a lot. Yeah, us Likewise. too. Us too. So let's dive right in. Tell our listeners, why are you called the singing scientist? Well, it was actually a title that a friend of mine used for me uh, mm-hmm. many years ago, but I've always been interested in music. Um, I started studying saxophone in, in middle school, um, and then somewhere in my first years of college, I became interested in singing instead. Mm-hmm. Um, and concurrent with that interest in music, I've also always been interested in biology and evolution and genetics. And so uh, he called me singing the singing scientist. And so <laughs> when I had an idea for a podcast... Um, I didn't want to limit myself to talking about science or, or singing or any of the topics I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, wow, what a perfect name for the, the podcast. Yes. So that's how, that, that's how that came about. So, so bizarre. Which uh, saxophone did you play? Alto. So I played the alto saxophone oh. as well. And then I went to a performing arts high school as a vocal major. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, and one of, one of the saxophonists at Oberlin, who was a saxophone major, like switched majors to vocal performance. Yeah. I think it's, it's a common trajectory. Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I played the alto saxophone for years, for years. And then um, I finally wanted to go into high school to, to sing because I was mm. like, I think this is what I like a little bit more. Yeah. And then I kind of simultaneously did the both. But... Um, saxophone was my first instrument yeah yeah me too that's awesome i love it so as you know um this week uh we are talking about so we're continuing our series on um outside influences and uh this topic is about um the most difficult topic Mm -hmm. of all usually you're not supposed to bring it up in polite conversation religion Uh, yeah yeah and so the we brought, reason that yeah, we, brought we brought you on here for this um, is because you have a very unique relationship with religion. Parts of it, I think, are not uncommon for a lot of gay people, mm. uh, especially um, people living in, um, let's just say, not progressive cities. Yes. Um, like where I grew up uh, and where you grew up. Um, but also because you have this wonderful blend of, like you said, science and religion or spirituality, and we'll, we'll get into to that. But um, can you tell our listeners just a little bit about like your history with mm. religion, growing up, maybe some struggles, just sort of that um, that whole bit? Sure, yeah. Um, so I was I was raised in Holland, Michigan, one of the most conservative counties in uh, in the United States, um, and so I was raised in a very fundamentalist uh, Christian context. Um, the the community itself is is sort of Dutch Reformed, and I was raised in the Church of Christ, so I was taught lots of things like you must be baptized to be saved, and uh, it's a sin to use instruments in the worship service. You know, very legalistic uh, background, mm-hmm. and so that was my my morality, my spirituality was really built upon uh, built upon a um, a legalistic rules based. Uh, 
sort of guilt ethic of morality. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's that's how I grew up. And then, of course, I, re- I started realizing I was having attractions to um, other members of the same sex at an early age, maybe between 11 and 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. Which is a religious experience all its own. <laughs> <laughs> Sp- profoundly spiritual experience. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, and so, of course, I had been taught, uh, you know, it was common to use the word fag or queer uh, and use gay as an insult mm-hmm. in, in my uh, in my community. And so I realized that there was a struggle coming. Um, and I, I tried to sort of convince myself that maybe this was just a feeling of friendship that I was having. And um, but it didn't turn it did turn out that way. And uh, eventually I ended up um it, it's a long, it's a long story, and I, I do have a podcast episode on you it called have to listen to it. It's so good. <laughs> it I was, good. oh my gosh, we were like literally like mesmerized by it. Like I was almost was, late for work. No, we were like, <laughs> we, and we wouldn't finish it because we were like, holy, I'm like, we wouldn't stop it. I should say wow. we had to finish it because we were like, this is. It's a little mind blowing what oh a gosh. person can go through, and you know, even my experience is mild compared to some. So you you can only imagine what people who have been rejected by their families go through, or who are maybe homeless. Mm-hmm. But um, in in brief, my my experience was um, I had I had sort of an experience of sexual abuse uh, by a church leader. And um, it ended up that I I was sort of forced to come out to my entire community, and um, after that process, I was uh, engaged in reparative therapy and ended up seeking out an exorcism for myself. Um, and so, it, it was a very wild, extreme journey. Mm. But at the end of it all, and you know, I think th- this is, by the way, sort of as a parenthetical remark. I think. Many of us have difficulty coming to terms with our own sexuality mm-hmm. um, because we're indoctrinated in what is indoctrination, but sort of a taught habit of thought, right? right. So we are all taught, um, if, if we're raised in a context like that, a fundamentalist context, that homosexuality is wrong and you can't possibly be a good person and be gay. And so even as a gay person, it took me so long, like a decade, to even really combat that and start mm. start questioning that premise. And so I think looking back and thinking about that we we can learn to have grace with people who who struggle to accept us because they were indoctrinated too. They were they are victims just as we are even though we can at the same time recognize that their ignorance causes us a whole world of hurt, right? right? And so there's got to be a balance uh, understanding that people can't change overnight. Mm-hmm. But um, because we didn't, right? Or I didn't, anyway. But um, but you know, there's there's always has to be this this balance of acceptance and trying to push for change. Mm-hmm. And I love that you bring that up because we've touched on that before. That you didn't almost word for word what you just said. Like you didn't come to terms with um, who you are overnight. Right. So to expect other people to do it um, really is not uh, appropriate. And not that you shouldn't fight for equality, love, acceptance. Exactly. You know, I, I avoid using the word tolerance because I, I kind of don't like that I have to be tolerated. Hate that word. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm not a bad smell, um, so you don't have to tolerate right. me. Um, but um, Much better to be celebrated. Right, exactly. Yes, yes. yes. That would be a nice goal. Um, <laughs> but, um, but also that, yeah, you have to understand the 
context that other people grew up in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and again, not that you shouldn't expect those things of, of them, not that you shouldn't develop healthy boundaries with them in the future as you become stronger in your sense of who you are, but that but that sort of peppered in there or also existing in that space, allowing yourself to make room for sort of a... Um, uh, what might appear to be dichotomous, but really when you look at it as complementary, is is that other people have culture and history too. Right. Um, and, you know, we went into this uh, many episodes ago, but like you have to look at the propaganda that was going into the way people were thinking. You know, mm-hmm. homosexuals were pedophiles with a mental illness. Exactly. <laughs> um, and so you can't, like, if that's all people were taught, mm-hmm. you have to give them a little time. Exactly. Yeah. So, exactly. Yeah. And, and ironically, actually, it was Philip Yancey, a Christian writer, has this book called Soul Survivor. Mm-hmm. And his subtitle is How Unlikely Mentors Saved My Faith from the Church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I love that because my story was similar in that it was sort of Jesus who saved my faith from the church. Mm-hmm. It was reading, actually reading some of the passages that are... Um, often used to clobber us or to to convince us that we're going to hell as mm-hmm. gay people. It was actually sitting down, reading that actual book, what comes before, what comes after, right. and everything surrounding it, that actually led me to uh, hear God say to me. I don't, you know, I don't. I hate it when people say God said something to me, mm-hmm. but what, that gave me a spiritual sense that you know what, Chase, you have a purpose, a God given purpose, and it. Um, and this struggle is a distraction from that. Mm-hmm. You, have, you have things to do in this life, and sitting around thinking about uh, the meaning of specific Greek words right. is not something you should do for your entire life right. and miss out on the goals that I'm supposed to achieve in this, in this world. You know? And so, ironically, it can be um, entering into the text, entering into the Bible, entering into more, not less, of Scripture that mm-hmm. can sort of open your eyes to the truth of what it's actually saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And that is part of what we're going to do uh, in these episodes. I mean, just buckle your seatbelts, you guys. This is like, <laughs> no, I, this, we are so excited because as Tony and I were talking before you even got here, we were saying like, he, like, this is like, you speak with such intelligence, like, and, 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 and in a, I fake really, it very well. <laughs> are, I do that sometimes. Right? Got a wall of oh, yeah. Yeah. words. Yes. Yeah. No, but it's like fantastic. But you, but it's also in a very uh, attainable way. Like oh. everything that you're saying is like very digestible. Like it's not as if you're saying something that's like talking down on anybody. It's like, a, and I'm a very black and white person. Like where I just like like it's just very like there and this is specific and this is what it is. Right. And you, and you do that so well, um, but in like a in a beautiful way. That's like, oh my god, I just learned something and I really like it. Oh. Like it's great. So. So we're so excited to have you here, and I I cannot wait to dive into all of this. Oh, the feeling is mutual. Thank you. <laughs> and I have to tell you that one of the things that I appreciate the most about your podcast, but also just your demeanor in general, um, is you're not trying to prove a point or disprove a point. You're trying to make space mm. for a conversation to occur. It's so important. I mean, like philosopher David Hume said, our what was it that... Our reason is the slave of our passion, mm-hmm. and we should really avoid. I mean, if you look at all different religions, um, religion, no matter what the assumption is or the prejudice is, is always used by a society to sort of affirm whatever they whatever agenda they have, mm-hmm. right? And so it's so easy, you know. For example, with with homosexuality and and LGBT persons, um. There is so much in the Bible regarding women, regarding slavery, regarding what you eat and what you wear. 
that is ignored right. by the majority mm-hmm. whom it would affect. Mm-hmm. And yet when there are passages about a minority like us um, as gay people and those things get reinterpreted, you have to start asking yourself, okay, religion is not the source of this belief. Something else has to be. Right. Because if religion were the source of this belief, say that homosexuality is bad, then the same people would not eat pork, the same people would not do a whole list of things that mm-hmm. the Bible also forbids. But right? what do you think that is? Like, I personally, and this is the cynic in me, I find that it's hate. Like, I just find, like, it's up and out hate. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it, it, But, I again, that's just me coming from a place that's, like... doesn't believe that there's a lot of good people that like do a lot of good things. But what do you think it is? Well, yeah, I think we do have humans have a propensity to hate um, in a way. Hate is taught. And so I really, I actually see the sexuality. Yeah. Fear really. It's fear based fear Mm -hmm. of the other fear of someone who's different. And um, there are at least two things that come to mind. One is that, that provides us some status, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. If there are others whom we can look down upon, right? And so if I think everyone struggles with relevance, with mm-hmm. purpose, with meaning in their life. And so an easy out with that struggle is to blame everything on someone else or right. to da- put, put someone else down, right? And sure. so that gives us some status and meaning. And so our favorite pastime becomes complaining over dinner about other groups of people, right? right. That, that's very much where I come from. Yeah. Um, and, and, but the other thing is that with sexuality, I see sexuality, uh, specifically homosexuality in the Bible, sort of indissolubly linked with, um, with the acceptance of females in leadership mm-hmm. um, and, and the struggle for gender equality. Because I see it as all stemming from this patriarchal sort of point of view where men are the leaders and women are not. And I think you'll see as you study some of the biblical passages that are used um, to clobber gay people that that really what's underlying all of it is this uh, assumption that males need to be dominant. And if they engage in any acts that, um, you know, make them so-called effeminate, mm-hmm. that is what is degrading to the male status. Right. And so and that's that's just mm. throughout all of the Old Testament. Yeah. You know, and it, obviously it's still the case today. Look I was going to say societally it takes place every single day as well. Absolutely. And so those two I, those two issues, I don't think can really be separated. And so it's it's hate, but it's also holding on to this male dominant power. Right. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And I think, too, when you when you stop looking at a, a belief system or a behavior in a group of people and you start looking at it on an individual basis, the people that I've met who are strongly opposed to homosexuality are people who are not walking their own truth. And mm. I don't mean to say that they themselves are, are gay. What I mean is that there's a part of them that is jealous that you're strong enough to do something that gets such a heavy tide against it and you're still able to stand. Right. Um, and... There is a uh, that's where a lot of the fear or the hatred comes from is you're holding up a mirror and they don't like what they're seeing. Hey, I think there's definitely some truth to that, man. I mean, it's if you're if you're a middle class, white, straight person, male, Mm -hmm. say, for example, and you're struggling for relevance and struggling to to um, in our society, make enough money to get by or something and you see some queer folk getting all the media attention. You know, it is it's sort of jealousy, but it's also 
w- wanting to wanting to be part of society and part of the world and what's going on right mm-hmm. now. And so, yeah, you want to. It's almost like you want to capitalize on the controversy, mm-hmm. um, which is why I mean, it, I think uh, your correlation between like homosexuals and women is the same thing that I have by way of homosexuals and black people yeah because i, I mean can you imagine being a black lesbian i mean <laughs> it's a woman like, a, like woman it's, oh like, my crazy. gosh and, like it's just ridiculous and things like that it's like it's kind of the same argument that i always find that takes place I, or I, I guess the similarities that always take place is i find you know there was literally uh propaganda that was put out that like made black people look animalistic and as mm-hmm. if they were going to jump out of trees Especially in film. and yeah. rape your your white wives and things like and that daughters. as well and mm-hmm. daughters right. and all this other stuff whereas there were films that made gay people look like they were pedophiles and they were going to steal your sons and and lure them into the vans and things like that. And, oh, yeah. And do all kinds of, you know, terrible things to them. You know, so I, I find that those are very those are similarities and it all stems from the white male. I just want to point that out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't deny it. <laughs> no, I don't deny it. We, we have been in charge of the message for a while. For and sure. We're not doing a great job being good stewards of it. Right. Um, so, okay. Uh, should we dive into the verses? I got my snorkel on. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to need more than that. Yeah, right. <laughs> so we're going to talk about what some people refer to as the six bullets. Um, and those are the six um, bullets in the chamber um, for the Bible verses that condemn, quote, quotes in the air, homosexuality. Um, before we talk about that, I just want to point out a couple of things that some people know, some people um, may need a, a, a reminder on, which is the Bible didn't start in English. Um, it has been translated. Yeah, it was translated many times. Relationship exclusive. Right. right. Um, and so there are parts about um, the history of translation that affect things, like how certain words are unknown and so they're interpreted. Mm-hmm. Um, that sometimes when you hold up multiple versions of the Bible, a single word change can make a huge difference, and we will cite some specific examples of that. Um, I think the key point for me um, is understanding uh, just a, uh, the word homosexual. So the word homosexual was coined in 1868. Now, for those of you who know how our calendar works, that means 1,868 <laughs> years after Jesus died, the word homosexual came into being. Um, so that's key. It's also important to note that the word homosexual did not first appear in the Bible until 1946. Mm-hmm. So think about if you go back to one of our first episodes or if you know your your gay history or if you want to just look it up, think about what was going on around that time for gay people. So having said that, is there anything else about the history that... That was agenda-driven right there. (laughs) (laughs) They can push theirs, I can push mine. (laughs) I think think that's... That's a really great summary of the history of it. And of course, there, you know, before the word was invented, it could not have been in the text. Correct. Um, and I love Peter Gomez has this book called The Good Book mm-hmm. <laughs> about the Bible and, mm-hmm. and its history. And something he talks about, um, he says, the most common form of idolatry among Christians today is bibliolatry. Mm, I Isn't love that it. wonderful? I love mm-hmm. it. So it's, it's this moving away from a living, breathing, living God mm-hmm. who's changing and acting in the world and relevant to the moment. 
and shaping culture into this man-made text with ink in one language at one time in history. And, you know, you can't, you can't put other books on top of it because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the word of God. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, really, it's, it's idolizing, it's worshiping a, a, an object, a physical object. Mm. Um, when you treat the Bible as if it speaks for itself, as if it's not limited by the language into which it was interpreted, and like you say, that the first time the uh, word homosexual was in an English translation was was in forty six in the I think New Revised Standard Version, and mm-hmm. so um, it's just anytime you read something, you're interpreting it. Yep. Anytime you do, um, you think about even maybe we're sarcastic with each other over a text with a friend and I miss it half the time. I can't even get texts from my friends. Right. (laughs) What about this word that sometimes translated homosexual in, in Corinthians and other, other um, books of the Bible. Are we really getting that right every time when it's not used anywhere else in the Bible, it's absent from other texts. It's, it's just, much more complicated than some people w- who see things as black and white because that's comfortable, mm-hmm. but it's not the reality. Right. Well, I mean, it's the longest game of telephone ever, right? Like, right. It's, <laughs> but literally, it's literally the lo- like it's, it's it's ridiculous, and mm-hmm. that's something that um, has kind of like all, always bothered me by way of of of, of how. Um, because even with the Bible within itself, everything is up for interpretation, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. so you can go to different churches and end up um, hearing the same message be like completely delivered in com- like different ways, the entire message in different ways. Right. So, how is it that we're taking this message of homosexuality and we're using this as a, a general fact throughout right. everything else? Like that, that's just not fair. Right. It's just really, it's just. Scary. Well, it's like the you know the in Exodus twenty the Ten Commandments: Thou shall not kill. Mm-hmm. Really, you sh- shall not kill anything. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, then some translations have it as you shall not murder. Well, that's very different. Mm-hmm. And so, even things as simple and as straightforward as that will lead some people to become vegetarians, will lead some people to be pacifists, will lead others to say no, it's just limited to murder. Even something so simple can be so complicated and can, and can generate so much disagreement. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, this issue would generate such disagreement as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, so let's go into the first one. So Genesis 19.5, the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm. Right, so we're not going to read the whole thing. <laughs> favorite but, bedtime story. Yes. <laughs> um, so let's put this a bit into context. So this is a story where... Um, Lot offers up his daughters to be gang raped instead of two men who are his guests and are listed in some versions as messengers of God and other versions as angels. Mm -hmm. So let's pause right there. Doesn't this already sound like a story that's about horrendous human behavior, rape, um, being just a bad group of people and not about being gay? Yeah, I mean... I think one thing that um, sort of more liberal Christians such as myself um, sometimes get wrong is, you know, they try to say the Bible doesn't doesn't uh, view homosexual behavior as negative. And actually, I would say every time the Bible mentions homosexual behavior, it is negative. Mm-hmm. 
But it is also in the context of rape, promiscuity, exploitation, idolatry, all, power. Yep. Yes, and yep. and the Canaanite rituals mm-hmm. and all sorts of things like that. And so, of course, it's going to be negative in those senses. And mm-hmm. in fact, the Bible talks about heterosexual behavior negatively in many of the same contexts. Mm-hmm. And so, you have you, it, context is absolutely key. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just that simple. And why should we expect? you know, great spiritual truth to be any, any simpler than like second grade mathematics. You know, you have to think just a little bit um, (laughs) to get it right. And I don't think that we can expect otherwise. And so, yeah, of course, this is a context in which um, there are messengers of God. Um, Like you said, some people say it was angels. And, um, Sodom and Gomorrah was just filthy, exploitative, um, culture and society Mm -hmm. and actually ezekiel says that that was the Mm -hmm. sin of sodom and gomorrah in ezekiel 16 49 and 50 it says um here was the sin of sodom that she and her daughters had pride uh fullness of food and abundance of idleness but they did nothing for the poor and needy Mm -hmm. um that kind of sounds like america actually (laughs) but um i would say but so that's that's what the bible itself says was the sin of sodom and gomorrah and well, so well and the next line too i think is important which is they were haughty and did abominable things before me not they mm-hmm. had sex with men right abominable things more than one thing right <laughs> and therefore i removed them when i saw it right and so the question is does this apply to loving committed consensual unions uh, monogamous unions between two members of the same sex today. And mm-hmm. when the solution to the gang threatening to rape these men, what was the solution in the text itself? Lot said, here, take my daughter instead. No, he mm-hmm. became a pimp overnight. Like, right. it was like, it, like, it was just like out of nowhere. Like, it was crazy. And so we don't even know if we're talking about um, same-sex desires at all. Again, homosexual behavior is not the same thing as homosexual orientation. Mm-hmm. You can have homosexual behavior. Think about prison rape, for example. Right. right. You can have such behavior without the orientation, without same-sex attraction. And mm. so, obviously, we're not talking about same-sex attraction here. And, um, and it's I, just really as simple as that, I think. It is. And I think a lot of what you'll see when we disarm these things as we go through, or maybe not even disarm, just as we try to discuss these things as we, as we go through, is that's the big key theme. That's the thing to take away is we're not talking about loving monogamous, committed, uh, consensual, long-term, same-sex relationships, and the development of a family. Right. Nowhere, and I think this is also key, nowhere is there a family of homosexuals. Mm -hmm. Nowhere. Nowhere in the Bible. There's also no pets in the Bible. Right. 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 Does that mean... That's a good point. Those are prohibited. You know, silence on an issue is not its (laughs) condemnation. Right. Right. No, especially when you're using things like uh, homosexual sex as a means of power, right? Like those types of things like that, like, is is completely different. Well, and that was the context. That was the Jewish context, is that this was a common practice to humiliate people, especially in that patriarchal society. Right. And so when when a male was raped by a male, they could no longer be leaders in the military. Mm-hmm. You know, there were a, a swath of issues and and problems that that were associated with the act of raping another right. man and nothing to do with same sex attraction or what we mean by it today. Right. And, the, you know, we're talking Old Testament right now, but later on in the New Testament, this is this is a sort of a sidetrack, but I think it's worth mentioning now. 
Um, there are four words in Greek for, for love. Mm-hmm. And C.S. Lewis has this wonderful, uh, one of my favorite books called The Four Loves, that it, where he explains each of them. So there's uh, affection, like for your hometown, f- f- affection for familiarity, mm-hmm. for, for well-known things. There's friendship. There's eros, which is uh, being in love or sexual desire. And then there's charity or agape, selfless love. Mm-hmm. Do you know that the word eros, the word that, that is used for being in love, for romantic love, is used zero times right. in the Bible? Right. That, when I learned that, I was just baffled. Mm-hmm. I thought, the Bible not once talks about being in love with someone mm-hmm. in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that's, so, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? Because we just use love for everything. You know, I love my iPhone. Right. <laughs> we use that. Preach. We have the same word <laughs> for all of these right. myriad meanings. But they didn't. They did not. Yeah. And they never addressed it. Yeah. And I think that is so important because if you take nothing away from any of this, like we're not talking about the same thing. Mm-hmm. When when we're talking about abominations, when we're talking about condemnation, <laughs> we're not talking about loving, healthy, committed, consensual relationships. Right. We're talking about idolatry. We're talking about prostitution. We're talking about rape. We're talking about thievery. We're talking about all these other right. things. And if someone thinks that there's a deeper connection to any homosexual behavior, well, then they're going to have to draw out that logic because it's not there in the text itself. Correct. Right? And if they're right, which they may be, you know, who knows? I could always be wrong about anything. Mm -hmm. But if someone's right about that, they're going to have to show why. Because this is clearly not what we're talking about Yeah. You Mm. can't tell me that that's what it is just because you say it is. Like, I am having a critical empirical discussion with you right now mm-hmm. so please do me the favor of having the same and mm. i have to i have to say that and this is my limited experience but i have to say that i have never been able to have one of those conversations with someone who disagreed with me on this very difficult very rare yeah, yeah. 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 okay let's move on to leviticus one of the stronger ones um 1822 and 21 you shall not lie with a male as with a woman it is an abomination and if a man lives with a male as with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall be put to death. Their blood is upon them. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, not to sort of reiterate the same things, but you can't ignore the connotations of adultery, promiscuity, and idol worship from the other text around it. Um, again, the important thing to realize is this is not about love. Um, I would like to share with you some of my other favorite Levitical laws <laughs> that we have decided we're I not going to. I prepared those too. Yeah. yeah, you go to you yeah. go first. <laughs> so I'll just give you a sample of some of my favorites that maybe you'll recognize as behavior that you are engaging in, um, or or things that are not weighted any differently in the text, but we might all agree are sort of preposterous or not necessary. Um, Not fundamental moral truths. Correct. Correct. (laughs) Right. right. And perhaps things that aren't even in practice at all. I have never been to a religious um, event of any kind where uh, you include salt in an offering to God. But Leviticus 2.13 says you have to. Have you ever been to... I've never seen no, salt. I, I've seen salt in Wiccan uh, <laughs> oh, uh, practices, yeah. but I've never seen it as an offering to God in any of the Christian faiths or any other faiths that I've gone to. Have you? No, not okay. Salt? I don't think so. Um, so you can't. No, eat, I can't think of it. You can't eat fat because fat is supposed to be part of the sacrifice for God as well. That's three seventeen. Mm-hmm. Um, any wrongdoing that you witness and you fail to testify against, 
That is, um, that's Leviticus 5.1. If you see something, say something. Right. The, M- <laughs> the MTA is trying to follow the Bible. Yes. Um, so we, a lot of us know this one, eating any animal which does not chew cut and has a divided hoof, right? 11.4 to 7. Mm-hmm. Um, so have you ever had bacon or ham or spare ribs or prosciutto or sausage? Straight to hell! Bacon's <laughs> my favorite. No, the, the pork issue is, is especially important, I think, because that is listed as an abomination mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Like right. an actual abomination. Right. Like that's the thing. Like literally, like you eating pork is grounds for not getting into yeah. heaven. And mm-hmm. this is why Orthodox Jewish people will have two separate ways of preparing different dishes because those things can't. One, there's things you can't have, but two, there's things that can't touch each other mm-hmm. or can't be eaten at the mm-hmm. same time. Right. So there's a ton. But Leviticus throughout, I'm not going to cite all of them, but Leviticus throughout goes on to say you also can't have crab, lobster, a bunch of different birds, and you can't touch them either. Certain rodents, bats, lots of lizards, an arachnid, any snake. Um, uh, there's a ton more. So what my favorite is, one is trimming your beard. I just I got yes, tell you that's, that. yes, yeah, that long is beards a good one. all the way around. Yes, please. exactly. <laughs> but so what this means is that um, any scientist or anyone who works at a zoo is going to hell. And I'm sorry to tell you that, but you're all going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> you are damned. You're you're done. Yeah, um, you're done. Rob Bell just came out with this great. Uh, I'm not familiar with all of it yet, but um, this great commentary on Leviticus. <laughs> he put it so uh, succinctly. He said, if Leviticus tells us anything, it is that details matter. <laughs> and he didn't use this example exactly, um, but it's like, it's like queer eye or something. It's right. like how, you know, wearing this clothes with that clothes, uh-uh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And trimming your beard that way, not your best look, honey. Right. And so... Really, if you look at the context, like if you read the beginning of Leviticus 18, what does it say? God is speaking to the people of Israel and saying, you're not going to do, you're not going to follow the statutes, the ordinances. Those are the, that is the translation of the words. You're not going to follow those of the land of Egypt or the land of the Canaanites. You're going to have your own cultural identity. And this is called the holiness code. This is the details, clearly. I mean, read Leviticus. It's like a snooze fest Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) of details. Right. but this is your code, the ordinances that you're going to follow to make you um, a unique uh, society as the Israelites. And then it's clearly all tied in to the pagan religious practices that, they want, that God wants the Israelites to be different from the Canaanites. For example, I mean, right before it says, you shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It says, you shall not give any of your offspring to sacrifice them to Molech and so profane God. Next sentence, you shall not lie with a male as a woman. So it's, it's all tied in with the ritual practices. Mm-hmm. Also, I would, no, I would note that it says you shall not lie. It doesn't say you shall not have sex with another male. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. A male shall not have sex with a male. It seems to me that that would be the most easy way to say it. Mm-hmm. But what it says is you shall not lie with a male as with a woman. Mm-hmm. That's a little different, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And what's the point again? The point is the patriarchy. You shall not bring down the status of another male by penetrating them. Mm Mm-hmm. So again, it's it's all so clear if you look at the context Mm -hmm. of of the of the holiness code. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um so here's uh, my, my other three favorites um that I just have to bring up because I think they are some very common behavior. Um so you cannot withhold the wages of an employee overnight. 
So everyone in America, that's it, because we all get we <laughs> typically don't get paid daily. We get paid weekly, biweekly, monthly, whatever. Mm-hmm. So there we go. Everyone's going to hell. Right. Um, and not standing in the presence of the elderly, mm. another good one, right? Nineteen thirty-two, mm-hmm. um, and then twenty-nine, cursing either parent, which is punishable by death. Mm-hmm. So if you get frustrated with your parents, <laughs> kind of a common oh, experience. Well, I'm totally going. <laughs> <laughs> so it's yeah, it's just it's very clear that. Um, if there, if people are going to abide by or prescribe to some of these statutes, you have to do it to all of them. Well, you have to do it to all of them, or if you you have to explain very explicitly what's your filtering criteria for right. determining which you're going to follow and which you're not. And oh, isn't it interesting that the ones you've chosen to still accept are the ones that apply to the three percent of us who are gay? Right, <laughs> and and the, the ones you dismiss are the ones you enjoy engaging in. Yourselves daily, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's so self serving. It's yeah. sad, you yeah. know. Um, and it, it it really is pit- pitiable to be to, to see people in a state where they've deluded themselves. And I'm not I'm trying not trying to say that to be condescending, but um, it does take some great mental gymnastics mm. to uh, condemn us as gay people. Um, while not looking at the context, but then explaining away absolutely everything else. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to Romans. Um, I love, this is my favorite. Yes. It's, it's, another, it's another really good one. Yes. Um, and it's, it's often the one that is associated most with causing harm, even though I don't think it's the one that is worded the most strongly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is the one that is most often used. So Romans 1, 26 through 27. For this reason... God gave them up to degrading passions. Their women exchanged natural intercourse for unnatural, and in the same way also the men, giving up natural intercourse with women, were consumed with passion for one another. Men committed shameless acts with men and received in their own persons the due penalty of their error. Mm -hmm. So again, context, right? This is idolatry, promiscuity, prostitution. This is about lust. In fact, Almost all of Romans 1 is about lust as an expression of idolatry. Mm. And you have to look at the whole thing. You can't pull out one piece and not look at the context that it's in. This is about lust that involves serving your own desires rather than worshiping God. And there is a list of things that people are doing. It's not just having, it's not just by virtue of it, having sex with someone of the same sex as you. Mm. It's just not that. So... Romans 1 actually has a very special place in my heart because reading uh, Romans 1 and, and the rest of Romans was probably the final nail in the coffin of me refusing to accept myself as a gay person. It was actually, it was reading Romans that um, I felt, oh my gosh, this isn't me. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about my story, like, you know, gay kid was raised in the church. Um, he he realizes around 11, 12 or 13 years old that he's attracted to other guys, spends the next decade trying to follow God's will by changing his sexual orientation, by going to therapy, by fasting, by praying, meditating, going to an exorcism and is plunged into despair because it doesn't work. 
is that the story that's being told in Romans? Right. And so when I read Romans, it says, you know, even though they knew God, they did not honor him or give him thanks. They did not recognize God. They rejected God. And it also talks about worshiping four-footed animals and creatures. So mm-hmm. there, there is like literal ritual idolatry mm-hmm. being addressed as well. But the whole point is that that human we sometimes have a propensity to evil or to hate, like we were saying earlier, and that as a result of giving themselves over to this, they became evil. In all these ways, one of them was was the uh, the homosexual behavior that you mentioned. But then I think, wow, when I read that, that's not me. Mm-hmm. I've tried to follow God for 10 years. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and it was the most liberating experience I've ever had, mm. perhaps. And so I actually love Romans, hmm. and as, and especially if you go on. I mean, you know, it, again, I'm going to advocate for reading more of the Bible, not less. Right. What does Romans two, chapter two, begin with? Therefore, you all have no excuse, whoever you are, when you judge others. For in passing judgment on them, you condemn yourself, because you are doing the very same things. Hmm. Isn't that God it's juxtaposed beautiful. that? It's delicious. It's delicious. <laughs> so please read more of the Bible, not hmm. less. Um, and I love, I mean, again, Jesus is my greatest spiritual inspiration. Mm-hmm. And it is Jesus who has saved my faith from what we call the church now, because the church is just so political and agenda-driven, and this is one of those verses that, that is used for that agenda, mm-hmm. that it's just so unfortunate. Yeah. Mm. And then if you want to get even further, like if you want to get into the actual details, what are the words being used here in Greek? Well, it's against nature. In Greek, that's physine. Phesine, sorry, um, is the word for nature. And so elsewhere in the New Testament, um, it's, it's said that, what is it? Does not nature itself, this is 1 Corinthians 11, does not nature, phesine itself, same word, does not nature itself teach you that if a man has long hair, it is degrading to him? Well, I think some Christians have long hair today, too. So, again, we're talking about... No more man buns. No. Man man buns are the worst abomination. Nature itself has taught me that. So, again, um, be consistent. Why are you choosing to, to stick with one and not the other when both are clearly cultural phenomena, ordinances, statutes... And then you keep reading in the New Testament, especially Acts 10 and 15, where the Jews finally give up their ordinances for the Greeks. You know, they, they have, a, have a council and they say, you know what, they don't have to follow this stuff. What are, what are we as Jews known by? Circumcision and our dietary practices. Those are probably the biggest things. Right. And what are the things to go when they all decide, they have a revelation from the Holy Spirit that the Greeks don't have to follow this stuff anymore. What don't they have to follow? They don't have to be circumcised. They don't have to eat this stuff. It's so beautiful because, as it says in Galatians, there's neither slave nor free, Jew nor Gentile, male nor female in God. We're all equals. And so that is the message of the New Testament. Mm -hmm. And they're missing it. It's such a beautiful picture and so apropos to our culture right now, by Mm -hmm. the way. And um, and subversive. You think about Jesus. He was so liberal, they killed him. Mm -hmm. I can't think of another religion where, well, I'm not that well-versed, but is is any other religion have a leader who, who was murdered by the community from which he came? He was that liberal. Right. Right. And I think it's important to 
Well, we're, we're going to get into that more because I think for now we're going to take a break and we're going to continue this conversation next week. <sighs> next week, yes. Okay. Please join us next week where we are going to continue speaking with the singing scientists. Oh, I can't wait. About we're going to finish these uh, last uh, three verses and then we're also going to talk about how it relates to relationships and how religion has kind of... Um, I don't know, ruined gay relationships. Oh, man. <laughs> sure have made it hard, hasn't yeah. it? has made it a little challenging, and yeah. so we're going to do this. But before we go, Chase, please tell our listeners where they can find you on social oh. media and then also um, where they can listen to your podcast because, you guys, it is so, so incredible. Good. Oh, my so gosh. Good. Thank you so much. Yeah. No, th- I'm just, again, very grateful for this opportunity to be on your podcast. Um, as for me, uh, I have a podcast, Singing Scientist. It's available on on everything, iTunes, Google Play, Android, whatever. Um, and my Instagram, singing underscore scientist, is where you can... I I'm post when I have a new episode. And then also, I have a blog and a website with a bunch of other stuff, chasewnelson.com. Awesome. And, and I would say, too, one other thing is that I've been preparing um, to write a book for some time called No Place to Lay Your Head, which is sort of a spiritual nourish- nourishment for gay Christians, mm. gay people who, are, who grew up Christian. And so maybe in a year or two, that'll start taking shape. That's amazing. Wonderful. Let's, we'll have to have to you, Yeah, we'll have to have you back when, when you release it. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. I'm going to need a signed copy. Yeah. Light a fire under me. Yes, that would be amazing. <laughs> you are absolutely incredible, and this has been such a pleasure on our end. The feeling is mutual. Um, we're so looking forward. So we're going to take that break, um, and then we'll be back because we've got some listener situations for you all. Yes. <laughs> so I'm probably the last person to talk to you about social media. I don't Snapbook. Uh, that's Facebook and Snapchat. I'm not on the Twitter. It's, it's just Twitter. There's no the in front of it. And I barely understand what IG means. Wait, you, you don't know that IG means Instagram? No. <laughs> but I do know one thing. There's a bunch of relationship content on all the social media apps. Uh, yeah, that's right. On Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, we are at Pod Relationship. Yep. Just look for us and follow, retweet, or whatever it is you do to pay attention to us. <laughs> oh my goodness. My husband puts up great content related to the podcast. I sure do. You can help us answer listener situation questions. You can check out past and present hashtag gay relationship goals. And you can get updates on relationship related events and activities. So grab your phone. Open up Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Go to the search bar and type in pod relationship and join in on the discussion. We look forward to interacting with each and every one of you via social media. We'll see you there. Bye. And now it's time for our listener situations. That's right. Send your relationship questions or comments to relationshipquestions at gmail.com. Tony and I will read your emails here on the show and do our best to give some guidance. So how about you get the fuck out? (laughs) Please don't. Please stay. (laughs) How did I know you were going to do that? That was like my new jam. I know. How did I know you were going to do that? Mimi is back. Uh, And I am not a fan of Mariah Scary. I love her. I know you do. Uh, Anyway, about these emails. So the first one says, hey, gents, hope all is well. 
My husband is spending the semester in San Francisco, and while we both have done long-distance relationships with each other, it hasn't been like this. Just wondering if you have any tips or advice. Um, It's a learning experience, and we're managing, but I always look for ways to improve. Thanks. Well, first of all, I would say if it's only a semester, um, that's short-term, so that's good. Um, I'm not sure how far away you are or what means you have uh, as as an ability to get out there for him to return home uh, on occasion. Um, But let's just presume that since you're asking, uh, that's not uh, a super viable option. So, um, you know, long distance now can be shortened quite easily with things like uh, FaceTime or Skype. Uh, which I find to be very intimate um, and and rewarding because you get to see the person, you get to really interact with them, um, and I and I do like that um, a lot. I think carving out a special time um, every day or a couple of times a day uh, is helpful. You know, my husband and I we live together, but still, there's a pretty set schedule during the workday of you know when we chat and when we reach out to each other and when we check in, and you know I like that. Um, I find that to be helpful, but you could also have a phone date um, and like, you know, get something with a bigger screen, like pipe it through your TV or, you know, do it on an iPad or something and like put it in a chair and like have dinner together. And you could do that like once a week. Um, You know, you can um, maybe both go see the same movie and then talk about it, Um, you know, or. You know, maybe if there's different exhibits that are in, you know, places and things that are in the area he's in that you haven't seen that you're interested in, maybe he can go to those and again, have you, you know, either record it or have you on uh, his phone at the time so you can see things and it's like you're together. You know, technology can bring us closer. Um, So I would definitely look at integrating that. Um, And then, like I said, also having like really sticking to uh, some kind of schedule. Um, either it's once a week for a date or every night when you talk or, or whatever. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, what's interesting about long distance is that it's a really wonderful opportunity to kind of up the ante in other parts of the relationship, right? When you get to see one another every single day, it kind of makes it a teeny bit challenging to, uh, you know, maybe have as much of a connection by way of like verbal, um, because, you know, you kind of take advantage of the fact that you get to see each other every night. So this is a really wonderful opportunity to uh, focus on some of the things like the feelings and and ways that you guys are connecting with one another uh, outside of the physical um, uh, to make sure that everything is like sound and working really, really well within your relationship. I loved your idea, Tony, about um like go see the same movies and then have conversations about them. Um, like just do things that like w- if you were together, you would be doing. Um, but you give yourself the opportunity to do it uh, in a different place. I think that that is really, really, really great advice. Um, and then also I would just say that um, it just really helps to have something to look forward to. So like a fun countdown is always a great way of doing it. So maybe that's what you guys wake up to every single day. Like you're pushing yourselves to like be excited to see one another. You and I did long distance for a short period of time. Yeah. Um, And it was very, it was hard. Mm -hmm. I will, I, it's not easy. 
Um, it's never easy, but uh, we knew what the end goal was. And so that was something that was great because for us, it was me. I was like, okay, he's moving here in like four months. Okay, he'll be here in three months. Okay, two months. Oh my gosh, he's going to be here in a week. Like that, like that countdown and things like that was like super helpful. And it just made it really easy. I don't, I, I can't, I mean, I'm going to be completely honest here and say, I don't know that I have specific relationship advice that is going to to be able to make it easier for you because the fact of the matter is it's never going to be easy. Right. Because especially when you have somebody like a husband that you really, really care about, like somebody that you're like married to and you don't have the ability to be there with them um, all the time. That is really, really challenging. But what I will say is um, you are strong. And you do have the ability to get over this and just think about the end goal and how amazing this opportunity is for him at this time. And then what it'll look and feel like once you're over this hump, right? Yeah. I mean, I have to assume that this is something that is either enriching him culturally or is something that will add to his career. Or enrich you guys, like in a marital standpoint, right? Because yeah, 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 absolutely. But I'm saying the reason you would go out of your area for school for a semester would be something that is, you know, it's you know going to help or advance something. Sure. Uh, and so the I, some of the greatest advice I ever got, I'm going to sort of modify for this situation, which is that semester is going to end when it's going to end, whether that's in a month now or a couple of months. Uh, and so the question is, do you, at the end of those couple of months, want him to have had this experience or not? Because um, that time's going to go by regardless. Um, and so I would say that's um, that's also something that can be helpful um, because, you know, I think you want him to have this. And I think focusing on that can help, too. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Good luck. Um, definitely tag us in the photo when he returns because <laughs> I'd love to see your happy face. All right, the next one. Hello. I'm, I'm so sorry. Oh. And if you learn something new from this experience and you want to share it with us, please pass it along so that we can share it for our listeners so that they have some other advice to work, uh, to, you know, pull from from somebody that went through it right now too. Yeah. There you go. All right. So, the next one, hello Critelli men. First of all, thank you so much for this show. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) I listen every week because I'm guaranteed to laugh and to learn something. I did like you asked and submitted a review for your show. That commercial was hilarious, by the way. Oh, thank you for submitting a review. Um, So here's my question. One of the guys I've been dating just asked me if we can be exclusive. I've always been the kind of person to date multiple people. Variety is the spice of life, right? And I'm always honest about this with anyone I'm dating. The last time I went down to one guy was a few years ago. Obviously, we broke up. I'm not really interested in only seeing this one guy. Truth be told, he wouldn't be my first choice for going steady. I do enjoy my time with him, though. What do you guys think? Should I try to date only him and see where this goes? Would love to hear your thoughts on this. Thanks again for putting on a great show. Don't waste his time. Yeah, I mean, no, if you don't genuinely want to be exclusive with this person then you really need to tell him that and you know you've been honest about how you feel and about dating um you know it's up to you how you want to phrase it um whether it's no i really don't want to be exclusive with anyone right now and you just say that which is a a gentle way um or i mean you're gonna have to use your judgment but even though it's a little bit harsher you may need to say that 
you don't want to be steady and exclusive with him. And the reason you might need to do that is because by saying, I don't want that right now, the meta message might be, but if you stick around for a while, that may change. Um, and that's not the truth. Um, so yeah, my advice would be have, uh, an honest, um, potentially somewhat uncomfortable conversation with him. Um, and you know, like Marco said, that way you're not wasting his time. You're not stringing him along. Uh, you're still getting what you want and everyone at least is honest and being an adult. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you said a few things that, uh, let's not only, you know, us, but even yourself know that you don't necessarily pick this guy. And that was the fact that you said you wouldn't have picked him as your one anyway. Right. So if that is just how you feel about the situation, then just leave him alone. Like, <laughs> leave him alone. And and uh, to Tony's point, be honest. Don't hurt his feelings. And don't say, like, oh, I wouldn't have chosen you to begin with. Mm-hmm. Like, that. that's just rude. But um, just say, you know what? I really like you. And I really like um, hanging out with you. Uh, I'm not made for, like monogamy and like being with one person so i just don't know that i can make that happen um but i hope that you and i can still be in each other's lives in some capacity even if it's just not in a dating scenario like or dating fashion if you will and leave it at that but just don't string him along don't make him think that you choose him or that you care um if you don't yeah and i'm also sensing from the way you phrased this that he wouldn't be your first choice. It sounds like maybe you're dating someone who would be your first choice. So I might, I might be curious to see what you think about that. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I would. It sounds like you don't do very well with monogamy. So I would not try to force that on anyone. No, definitely not. No, no, no. But I'm just, I'm getting a sense of something. I'm not saying that, that, you know, you have to do that or anything, but I just, it sounds like there's more to talk about uh, in your message. So, sure. um, all right. So the, we're going to uh, take a little break. And when we come back, we might have something funny to say. Hey there, listeners. Here's a little secret. My favorite part of the podcast is the hashtag gay relationship goal segment. Honestly, I love having the ability to highlight queer couples and bringing healthy, loving, and oftentimes adorable relationships to the forefront, giving the LGBTQ community the opportunity to focus on this narrative. So, if you know of, are in, follow, or are a fan of a great relationship that you want to share with us, send us an email, relationshipquestions at gmail.com, or tag us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Pod Relationship. Let's get back to the show, but thank you for your help. We love you all. So that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thanks for tuning in and being a part of this really important conversation. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Pod Relationship. And don't forget to subscribe and rate us. And hey... 
Tell at least one of your friends how great this is. You can email us at relationshipquestions at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments that you'd like us to address here on the show. And if you're in the New York City area, please join our group on meetup.com for more relationship content and activities. We are going to harass those gigantic ears of yours next week. And remember to be honest, otherwise you're just shoveling shit. <laughs>